We weren't worried at all. I never said we were fucked, honestly. I never did. Uh, welcome to episode 147 of the Mighty Rackers podcast. Probably the most relieved I've been in a long time doing one of these. If we'd have done it straight after the game, I'd have just been an emotional wreck. I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. Hello. How's things, mate? Yeah, good. You know, when by uh, wrestling standards, we've won a game, so we have momentum. Yes, we do. We have all the momentum now. Um, we'll just get straight into the game. Uh, Leeds 2, Norwich 1. There was no need for this to become this stressful. No. At all. No. I, my my reaction watching at home, as the second half could, you know, became more and more of a chore to watch, and then the, the scare over Ailing's challenge... Then thankfully being overturned, and then their you know equaliser in the ninety first minute, and I just had my head in my hands of just an exit. It was the brief acceptance of relegation, like this is it, we're, we're done here, mm. and then going through scoring, shouting yes as loud as I could, and then putting my head in my hands because I was still processing the anger of ever letting it get to that point in the first place. Yeah, as I understand, I mean I. I think it says a lot about the celebrations for that goal that I limped out. I limped away from it due to the celebrations. I do have a bad ankle anyway, so I am prone to it. But that's in the stand upper. Yeah, like you know, you're not supposed to get quote a relatively unquote, calm limbs. section of the ground. Yeah. yeah, you're not supposed to get limbs up there, but you did. It was brilliant. Uh, the game itself, like first half, obvious massive caveat: it's Norwich. They are crap. But I thought we were pretty good. Um, the uh, one thing that a lot of people have said all season, we're, we're included in that round round pegs, round holes. With the exception of Stuart Dallas, I think everyone was in the position. But to be fair, Stuart Dallas is a, is a, just a peg that fits in whatever shaped hole he, he wants it, to. He's a he's a master key. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say he was from a different set where all the pegs are actually slightly smaller, so it, it doesn't really matter what shape you push it through. Um, but yeah, Master Key's probably well, a better term. Yeah. I was going to say, I've always said, mate, I don't judge. I don't mind what what key, what peg, whatever. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, you then take him in for Furpo and Dal- Dallas moved over. Early went to right back. Uh, Click replaced Robin Cock. We did talk about how we thought Click and Forshaw would probably be the best bet because they'd pass the ball better and they did. And Bamford came in for Harrison and James went to the left side went out to the left side, but it was actually the right side for quite a lot of it. I think at least the first 20 minutes though with that way around. Um we looked far better for the switch. I mean we were dominant throughout the first half really. Strauch had two big chances within about five seconds of each other. Really it's one because if there's one person you wanted chances to fall to. Yeah. Uh, first one was a good save, and then he skied the second one. Bamford missed an absolute sit of Rafinha at the bar. But the Rodrigo goal, good strike on his right foot, deflected into the corner. Now, it's technically the correct decision. That's the best kind of correct. Yes. But I am as, as, as much as I am delighted this one went our way, that rule is still stupid. That is offside. <laughs> yeah, the, the, this idea that he didn't interfere... Despite the fact he he ran as if he was going to challenge for the ball, and then just sort of leaves it for for Kabak at the last second, 
who has to deal with it. Mm. Um, and in that moment when he's thinking he's onside, he can't head it back yeah. because if it if it's too short, Bamford's on it. Mm. So his only option really is to is to head it forward straight to straight back to us. Yeah, I mean it's just one of them. I mean the rule has been like this for a lot of years now. It's not new, but mm. in the same way that I complained about, you know. A back pass, not le- a goal kick, not leaving the box, being a retake was a stupid rule, and they made it so you could do it. This is one of the ones that I've complained about for years as well. It's a stupid rule, but I'm fucking delighted that we got one. In terms of this, I could understand them being pissed off about it, but the main story of that half was just us not taking advantage of the chances that we did create. We really should have been a minimum of two up. Yeah, I mean, on another day, like you say, that that Rafinha chance crashes in off the underside of the crossbar, and it's it's a it's a much easier game from there. Yeah. Um, with Bamford, it, it it's one of those where I, th- I think if he'd have been playing for five weeks, he'd have finished it. But, you know, mm. it's it's the fact he's not even had any twenty threes football or anything like that. He's just back in and. I think it's the rustiness in his decision making because with how much he misses that, that it's not a technique thing. That's that very much seemed to me a I don't know which option I should take here, and he's sort of done neither. Yeah, I still think Dan James was catching him up and actually had got in front of the defender to his right, and I think just for a second he thought, "Oh, I should square this," and that. Sort of met, and then he realised, no, I'm a striker in front of goal, one-on-one with keeper. You don't square it. I think he yeah. just panicked himself a bit. Uh, the sort of one that I'd be fuming about if it hadn't ended the way it did. Second half, I mean, we were still, I thought, the better side, even though we were not as good. I didn't like the um, the change that Marsh made where he brought Robin Cock on and made us go a bit defensive when Rodrigo went off injured. I think that that sort of got rid of a lot of our momentum and gifted Norwich away back into the game. The half-time change with Bamford going off was obviously just for plan, which is fair enough. Jack Harrison came on, Dan James went up front. Harrison, I thought, as much as he got praised for being a bit of a son of a bitch and winding up Max, Max Allens, I thought Jack Harrison was shite again. Um... <laughs> I mean, he had that shot on target just after they equalised. Yeah. That was definitely the best decision to take that shot on instead of looking for the overlapping run of Dan James. Um, yeah. No, it's the one thing I think I took away from this, this game, aside from sort of the outcome, was if I've watched a Leeds team be this physical, I think is the generous way I'm going to put that under Bielsa. I'd be disappointed in them. But because of where we are right now, I think we sort of need to be a little bit dirty leads at times. Maybe not Uh, to the extent of Luke Ayling's challenge. I haven't got that in my brief notes. In fact, and there's two things I haven't got in here. Because I came away from the ground thinking, no, definitely not a penalty on Dan James. And thinking that Luke Ayling was look, unlucky to even get booked from where we were in the stand. And now I've seen him back on TV, and it was definitely a penalty on Dan James, and Luke Ayling was a very lucky boy not to get sent off. Yeah. 
And Luke Ayling was also a very lucky boy with the penalty. Not because it was a foul. It wasn't a foul. But that was still a really stupid challenge to make in the box. Yeah, you, you go to block the shot if you're a yard or two away from the man. Not when you're shoulder to shoulder with him. Yeah. Um, but there was something given our current circumstances about seeing how physical we we were in this game that I, I was kind of like, well, I, I don't like it, but I think we need to be a bit, you know, um, I think we, I think we need to bully teams a little bit more while we're in it, you know, in the position we're in. Yeah. To be honest, that didn't bother me in the slightest. I thought, I just thought we were much better overall. Like, the one thing that I was really pleased with was I thought Rodrigo was best player on Park. And considering how awful he was on Thursday against Villa, I was very pleased to see him bounce back. And of course, he's now injured because that's we can't have nice things. Uh, but yeah, he was very good. I thought Click and Forshaw as a pairing worked a lot better. Although I, I still thought Forshaw didn't look comfortable in this role. He, he just doesn't quite look the same as he did. But hopefully that comes with time. No, at, at the mo- on current form, if and when Phillips is back, I'll say if he will be back. Well, um, in, he is apparently available tomorrow for the Wolves game. Whether that means he I, might sneak on the bench, but I, I I doubt he plays. I was gonna say I, with an international break coming up and against a team who are in the form that Wolves are in, if if. Phillips and Cooper didn't get involved in this game. I'd be fine with it. Give them the international break. Let's. I'd rather have them fully fit for. Is it Watford when we when we come back from the break? It's either Watford or Southampton. Um, I'm not sure on the order. I think it is Watford. I think you're right, but I'd rather have them. Oh no, fully... it's uh, Southampton then Watford. I'd, I'd rather have them both fully fit for that one than than risk them in in this game. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, but, there's a 23s game in that international break. Yeah. Get them 45 minutes or an hour in that. Yeah. But on current form, Forshaw would be the one that dropped out and you'd have to click and Phillips in the middle. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back to the game itself. It was, I mean, they did start to get into it in the second half when we went a bit more negative. Well, they it's brought on the... Emile Smith-Rowe, which I thought was cheating since he's an Arsenal player, but he, yeah. he actually had a, a quite a big impact on the game. Yeah, I can't. Is it Jordan Rowe? I can't remember his first name, but I know that I have seen... You don't see many Norwich fans on Twitter, but the ones I have seen have mentioned him a bit lately. Jonathan he, Rowe. Yeah, Jonathan, not Jordan. He, ha- he hit the bar with a pretty good strike. Obviously, Rafinha hit the bar again with a free kick for Leeds which was after some good work from Jack Harrison, which was the best thing he did all day. Uh, but then, 91st minute, and you could feel this goal coming purely in the ground, not because they deserved it all, but because, you know, just leads being leads in the ground, you could just feel it. Uh, ball over top, Pookie gets away from Strauch far too easily, crosses first time. Robin Cox got into the perfect position to intercept it and then for some reason just stops. He just he does not read McLean coming in, does he? No. Well, I mean, like, McLean is in front of Urente. So, like, Urente is not faultless either. Hmm. But if Cox just keeps running and runs three yards further than he already was, and he had so he had loads of time to get there, he intercepts it and there's no danger. 
Yeah. He'd actually positioned himself perfectly and then made a bad decision. Um, McLean puts it in, and just like you, I was like, well, that's that. We're relegated. We and can't I, beat this bunch of shite. And I was fuming and really shouted in the stand. And my, I, th- I believe my exact words were, wait, lads, you've got six minutes to save your fucking season. That's what I shouted. And Jesse Marsh heard me and did what I have been saying all season. Play, play Joe, Joe Gelhart. Uh, Gelhart comes on for click in 92nd minute and then in 94th minute, Melier smacks the ball forward. Joe Gelhart comfortably wins a header against Ben Gibson, despite Ben Gibson being four inches taller than him, because that, if that had been a Leeds player, I'd won him fined all his money. Ben, ben Gibson... <laughs> had a poor game for them and has been on a poor run of form in a poor them. side so, so we've we've caught we caught him in particular at the best time yeah really good head of open Gelhart gets it in behind Rafinha gets their first good touch to get away that's the first go on from the crowd on the video goes around Krull takes it a touch far there's the second go on Perfect pullback, Gellart, middle of goal. Easy finish. You know what made it easier? Ozan Kabak's positioning, which was laying on the floor in the middle of the goal. I, I know they were eager <laughs> to get back, but they did. In my head now, there's like five Norwich players all behind the line on either side of the post yeah. because they've sprinted so fast and then they've just overshot it. I think that they must have all just assumed, even though it's a tight angle on his weak foot and a really silly place to do it from, they just seemed to all assume Rafinha was going to shoot. Yeah. So they just tried to get back to and, and the fair line. Play, because you do see, as he makes the run in, Joffy just, just holds up for a second to just hang back to, you know, about seven, eight yards out. So, you know, he's got plenty of room ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, there's there's not there doesn't seem to be one Norwich player stood up inside the six yard box. They all just seem to slid in for some reason. Yeah, but it was I mean it was absolute bedlam. Like it it was it was amazing. It's it's not good for any of us. It stresses us out. But concede it does. If we want to conceded the goal, you don't get that amazing moment. No, from from what I've heard, the. Uh... After after the celebrations had calmed down, the wind speed around Ellen Road actually picked up briefly as a sigh of relief was let out by thirty six thousand people. It, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if the smell increased when Pookie had that chance in the ninety sixth minute. Uh, lo- again, long ball forward, Krull's gone forward, falls to Krull on the edge of a box, who plays a really well judged volleyed pass over the top. Yeah, to be to be can't fair give, to him, can't give but, him that. But this time it's Ailing who just completely switches off and just lets him get away. Melier does what all keepers are told to do in that situation. He stays big and it smacks him in the forehead and goes away. If we would have managed to score a 94th minute winner from a late substitute teenager and then still throw it away, <laughs> that would have been I'd, even you know what? worse. I'd, I'd forfeit the rest of the games. At that point, just, just draw a line under it. We're, we're not ready. For, we're not ready for this now. Yeah, um, I mean, like the question, we might still go down. I think the question of are we fucked is now back to a no because we're four points clear. So we can't, by definition, be fucked. But 
what's your confidence level at after that win? Because it is, that's right, it's a win at home against the worst side in the division. It, it will very much now vary game to game going into that run of those three games against Man City, Chelsea and Arsenal. I think I said to you before, if we can get five points from the next three games, I, I think that would be good enough to, to keep us some way from relegation. So if we got five points from... Wolves, Southampton, Watford. Yeah, if we could, if we get five points there, because I, I fully expect when we have that run of, of well, it's four games because it's, it's Man City, Crystal Palace, Chelsea, and, and Arsenal. I can't remember which order it's in, but uh, I believe it's where, Chelsea, then Palace, then Man City, then Arsenal. Where the, there's three of those teams, I, I'm fully prepared now to not take any points off. Mm. Like, but, you know, but, so one, it puts a lot of. It'll put a lot of pressure on that Palace game. But if we come out of these next four games with eight points, I think I think you're in a decent position there. Yeah, like, I mean, if we got, say, if, I mean, obviously you really... I, like, Southampton have been shite lately, and it's at home, and Watford's Watford. So I do look at them and think, God, if we could just win them, the Watford one is the, is the concerning one for me because it means because that's a game where we're actually going to have to try and defend. Yeah, and it's all, going forward, they're all right. And it is a as much as I hate the term "quote unquote" six pointer because mm. it's not just if we were to lose that, it's not just not getting points. Watford get them. Yeah. Um, but like if you know if we could get six points from the next three games, we'd be thirty two from thirty two. And. I don't think that's a million miles off being pretty close to safe this season. Like, I reckon if we can get to 35, I think we're sorted this season, just with how poor everyone's been. Yeah, that's, I, I know Everton have loads of games in hand at the moment. At the same time, they're not playing well. That they're playing dreadfully. They've picked up nine points since October. Yeah. Um, uh, just I'm just having a glance because obviously they are playing Newcastle in like five minutes. It kicks off. Uh, they're they're playing pretty much the team you'd expect, but uh, Jordan Pickford is unavailable, so we've got Begovic in. Yeah. Uh, um, Newcastle. Newcastle also roughly the team you'd expect. Yeah, I have seen with uh, with it, Sam Maximin being out. Of, uh, he's back on the bench, but he's been out injured, hasn't he? So I, I have seen people, and I think this this went for the the Brentford Burnley game as well, where people were saying, "Ah, oh, you know, could do with this bit of draw, really, uh, so we can still catch Brentford." And, and I very much got to the point of I do not care about catching the teams ahead of us. I no. just want to pull away from relegation. No, I, I, hope, you, I, I hope Newcastle win eight nil tonight. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, if they won eight nil, it put them on. It put uh, Everton on minus twenty six, so only eight goals behind our goal difference. Then, yeah, God, so our think, goal difference so fingers is crossed. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that. That win is so. It's just changed the mood around everything. Because if we, did, I genuinely think that if we didn't win that, we were down. Because I just think it had sapped everything that was left out of them. Um. 
And I mean, the thing that I said, I did end up being right, that if Leeds get go 1-0 up in the first 15, 20 minutes, they'll win. But I didn't expect it to be like that. I thought that if we scored in the first 15, 20 minutes, we'd just win comfortably. Yeah. The, the other good thing going into tonight is I didn't realise it was it was the 8th of February when they first, when Newcastle played Everton at St. James's Park, and that was 3-1. In fact, if I remember right, that's the game before they played Leeds as well, and Everton's defending was absolutely abject in that yeah. game. Um, so, yeah, hopefully Newcastle, I, I don't want to support Saudi Arabia in any way, but it, you know what? They're against the Russians, so... <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, we uh, just, yeah, hopefully Newcastle win tonight. Um, did you get to see the 23s game on Tuesday? Uh, I didn't get to see it. No, I, I had um, I had uh, an event to be at, but I did get to see the goals. Yeah. Uh, Leeds were really impressive in this game. I mean, Man United did create some chances because they've got some good players in that side. That Hannibal Mabry played, who's got like, you know, 11 caps for Tunisia at this point already. Uh, they, they, they played, they made a couple of decent chances, but in summer, I haven't been able to say very often this season, Christopher Clarsen made some really good saves and didn't do any cock-ups. Just yeah. had a really good game. It was also a relatively full-strength team for the first time in a while. Yeah, yeah. Cresswell played, Somerville played, Max Shack- Dean played. Shackleton started at right-back. Yeah, Shackleton played right-back. It was a it was a good team to play, and they ran out 3-0 winners and deserved every bit of it. Uh, Stuart McKinstry scored a really good goal in the first half. Leeds missed countless chances in that first half. I mean, they should have been much further in front. Uh, the second goal was probably the most Jesse Marsh goal we have seen so far. Uh, just, I believe it was... two lads pressing. Yeah. Archie Gray, who came on and did really well, pressing and pressing and pressing, and he's got him back to goal, not winning the ball, but he's got him in trouble, and then Sam Greenwood just runs in and wins the ball. Beats a player, plays a good pass to Max Dean, really good finish. I mean, I was going to say if it's if it's not a goal, I, 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 oh, it's it a penalty. Like if it's it... a penalty because he gets absolutely clattered as he as he releases that pass. Yeah, it was an oddly refereed game. There was a lot of strange decisions, especially like Crescencio Somerville got fouled constantly, and they just weren't giving it. He had mm. another really good game. Though he's he's been unlucky not to get more this season. Um, it's it's the one area of the field we've never we've not really struggled with injuries wise, is it between yeah. Rafit and, and to be even and even then a lot of the season we've been playing all three of our wingers. Yeah. So uh, bless him. He seemed to like this more inside role where he was running at people centrally, so that's a good sign. Uh, and then third goal, long ball over top, bit of a lost cause really, but Max Dean being Max Dean chased it down like fuck, Alan got the Smith keeper in trouble, chasing it down. Yeah. Poor clearance from the keeper to Archie Gray, maybe 40 yards out, takes a touch out of his feet, another one to get it out. And he could play a pass, he could just try and smash it, but no, delicately clips it into the left corner because there's a player on the line, so it has to be in the corner. Mm. Just clips it in, it's a lovely finish. Uh, yeah, so really. no pressure, no pressure, Archie, but the entire fan base now wants you in the team already. <laughs> yeah. It's um, yeah, really nice goal for him, and it's something that made me realise that I've achieved nothing with my life is when his uh, his high school is tweeting congratulating year eleven student Archie Gray 
on scoring for Leeds is under 23s. Yeah. Year 11 student Archie Gray, who was first in the first team squad months ago. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I'm not sure exactly how the table is set, but obviously Leeds is under 23s were also in big relegation trouble and they've just gone 3 0 win over Liverpool, 3 0 win over Scum. So I think that they must be in a much healthier position by now. And it was nice to see a load turn out as well. Again, it was like nine, nine and a bit thousand or something. Uh, yeah, I think it was nine thousand eight hundred along along those lines. So yeah, again, really good turnout. Um, it's it's really nice just seeing that sort of desire for people to want to watch Leeds in in any shape or form. It's very funny just seeing a paw reaching up and scratching you. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, if you if Joffy doesn't score that goal, how many t- comes off that attendance? Oh God! Yeah, I, I feel you. You take a, a couple of thousand off. Yeah, because <laughs> they've all just given up on life at that point. <laughs> you gave up on life, didn't you? <laughs> uh, um, yeah, good for them as well. Because obviously, for the lads who've been, you know, the under 18s and and the the 23s players who haven't been involved in the first team. It has been a rough couple of months for them as well. When you when you're taking Cresswell out of that team on a regular basis, Greenwood um, has been a bit more involved, but he's also had an injury, hasn't he? Yeah. Um, Shackleton didn't feature a lot, but has also been injured in that time. It shows that he might feature a little bit more for them now for the rest of the season. Uh, I believe didn't the same the press conference that Shackleton picked up a knock in that 23s game. Lewis Bates now got an injury from that 23s game. Well, you've got to emulate the first team, haven't you? Yeah. So, like, that's learn from, learn couple from of your like... senior pros. Uh, the one player that I did want to give a mention to, I did this on Twitter, but I do want to say it again because early this season, and I've said it before this season as well, Noan Kenner did not look much to me. I didn't particularly rate him from what I've seen. These last maybe four or five 23 games I've seen, he's come on leaps and bounds, and he was absolutely, and he was really, really good in this game. Is he having a bit of a Pascal strike season in the twenty three? Well, that, so that that's what I'm hoping. For. I mean, we'd have to get we'd have to be very lucky if that's what happens. But that is what Strauker did. He he came into twenty three. He did okay, but then dropped off and then kicked on like mad all at once. And then when he came into first team, he started badly and then kicked on all at once. So hopefully we could get another one of them because he's he's one of the most physically ready for it. You would mm-hmm. think just based by the size of him and straight and he's. He seems a lot more committed going into challenges than he used to be. Uh, he used to, his decision making didn't seem right, but he seems a lot more switched on now. Yeah, I do. I do. I know he was a kind of a first choice for most of this season, anyway. But I do wonder if him playing as as a defender in games where they're going to be under a lot of pressure is is something that's kind of just reinforced that. You know, like when you see teams near the bottom of the league where you still see a goalkeeper have a really good season out of it. I yeah. wonder if it's just kind of, it, it's sort of helped him along a bit that he's been under that pressure and he's kind of coping with it. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it was a really good win for him, uh, which just brings us on to tomorrow night, which is going to be extra stressful because I don't really drink and watch Leeds, but I am tomorrow. Because uh, we're fighting Leeds straight after the game, pretty much. So we're watching it in town. Um Wolves will be a tough one. I mean, they they are a good side. They're 
overperforming their stats a bit. They're one of them weird ones where they, I think, I think that it was they're in the bottom four for creating chances and they're like twelfth for conceding them. And yeah, <sighs> that that's got them to eighth in the league. But you know they've got good players. They they've got a good back three that defends fairly well. My worry is we play very narrow, and even though a lot of their wing backs are injured, uh, they do have, get a lot of whip from them. And the two players that play off the striker pull wide as well. So I'm not sure it's a good match for us system wise. Into mm. I, I feel like we might, if they can get someone hitting good crossfield balls, I think there could be a lot of danger. Yeah, I, I was I was slightly pleased to see Pedro Neto was out for this one. Um, yeah, and I believe, and I believe Huang is as well, isn't he? Was, it, was Semedo out as well? Yeah, Semedo's out, and um, oh, which their other right back, Kiyana Herva, is out mm. as well. So it'll probably be uh, Eight Nuri on the left and Johnny Otto on the right, Great. taking us to the Matthews Bridge. <laughs> uh it's a fantastic name is johnny otto um no i i've set myself up for for being disappointed in this one at you know wolves have are in a decent bit of form at the moment are still playing to get into europe um and Defensively, I'm still not convinced by us. No. So Jimenez has always traditionally caused us a bit of trouble, hasn't he? So yeah, I know it's I know it's unfair to just call him a big lad, but we don't deal with big lads well. Yeah. I know he's also a good footballer, but you know, if you're any good aerially against us, unless Jesse Marsh has a has a secret formula. Um, yeah, w- one thing that I'm wor- wondering with their squad because normally it is that sort of 3 4 3 central striker, and it, rather than wingers, they're sort of a bit more infield than that, but they do go wide. But that means two in midfield. My one, mm. my wonder is with what with if we're in the four triple two, which is what I'm assuming will be, I wonder if they'll sacrifice one of them, go two up top, play like Jimenez and Pedence. Yeah, up front and bring like Dendonka into the midfield with sort of Neves and Matinho uh, yeah. to try and get that three on two advantage in the middle of midfield. Because if, if they don't do that, as much as Matinho and Neves are both really good players, but they're not so good that you can't press them. And I think that like there might be something there. But with them having a back three as well, like I'm, I'm just not sure how this is going to line up. And I, 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 the more I think about it, the more I think it's not going to work. I keep looking at it and thinking that we should be playing a three-four-three in this game. But even then, I'm not sure that'd work either because I think then we'd struggle. Then I think Matinho and Nevers would be able to get on top. It's a weird one. I just don't think it's a good matchup. I think I'd, I'd rather us go maybe a four-three-three, mm. and you have your I don't know. Obviously, the thing is, if, you, put, with... if, if you play a four-three-three, 
when it, it'd still be inverted wingers. Mm. It, you, you could, I suppose, do a deep midfielder. To, he's more, if he was going to do that, he'd play a 4-4-2 diamond, wouldn't he? Yeah. If he was going to... And you, I don't want him to do that because unless you're playing Rafinha as one of the strikers and Rodrigo at 10. Yeah. Well, yeah, then obviously we've still... And that's if Rodrigo's even fit. Yeah, it's... Um, I assume from the sound of things, Bamford will start this one and probably get an hour or so. Yeah. Um, I, 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 at this stage, with this many games left under a new manager, do you start messing around with shapes, though? That's, probably that's, not. That's my concern is that you've got such a short space of time to, to try and get it right. That I'd almost, again, rather than have this game where I can sort of, I can understand if we don't get points from it, where they have another game play, you know, getting used to the formation and getting used to the style of play and their roles for the most part, and then have them ready for, for Southampton and Watford. Yeah. Than than start tinkering with it again. Yeah, it seems it seems reasonable to me. Does that if it well with with what we've heard from the press conferences, are you expecting any changes outside of if Rodrigo's injured? Then I imagine Jack Harrison comes back in and Dan James moves up front. I think would be the change. Do you not think Joffy did enough with his miracle? F- Four minutes. I have learned a lot of things this season. The main thing I've learned is Joe Gelhart doesn't start games. Yeah. Mind you, well, apparently he was going to be involved with the 23s, but he had a knock. Yeah. Um, uh, my only hope would be that if Bamford has to come off after an hour or, or whatever it is, that it is like for like, get Joe Gelhart on. Um. But no, I think I think that would probably be the only change I can see happening. Yeah. Like, I, I, ideally, I would love to see Bamford and, and Gelhart play up front. I think you get a lot of industry out of that. And then one of the things that we've desperately missed is the runs that Bamford makes off defenders. Like, the, yeah. since he's been out, you've just not seen any of our strikers peel off a defender like he did. Um. And it, it's even if the even if they don't complete the pass, it's it's giving them something else to think about other than a through ball for Dan James to try and chase down or something it, like that. It's, and those balls to Bamford when they come down, those are the perfect ones to counter press, which is what Marsh likes. Yeah, um, uh, so it definitely helps. And I also thought that it made. I think having Bamford there was one of the reasons Rodrigo was better. I think it helped Rafinha. Be a lot better. I thought Dan James's run runs onto through balls and stuff were better because he was starting a bit deeper most of the time. Hmm. Yeah, um, that that would be. But yeah, I think I think it will be Bamford and James up front, and Harrison back in. Not hmm. as much. I love him. I don't think it's through anything Jack Harrison has done. Unfortunately, um, I don't think for a second that he'll do this. But honestly, after seeing that twenty three's game. I really would bring in some of the head of Harrison. You're a fool. It will happen. Like, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, I, he, he, he has been on the bench the last couple of games, hasn't he? Yeah. 
but I mean, Harrison has enough goodwill over the years that he's been here. But it's not like I'll be pissed off if he plays or anything. But I just, I just think he's really out of form. Yeah. No, it, it entirely makes sense. I, I'm just trying to. I think I'm still choosing this team from a Bielsa perspective as as to what I think will happen, as opposed to looking at it and going, "Well, a striker is out, so we best put another striker in." Yeah. <laughs> um, but outside of that, I I would imagine it's it stays as striking Urente. Clicking for sure in the middle. Um, again, like it, if if they think there's no risk to have them on the bench, have have Phillips and or Cooper on the bench. But I would think that it wouldn't shock me if Cooper is certainly one because he's captain and having him there would help. But mm. I've seen bits this just through the videos they put out and stuff. He seems to have been there a bit earlier than Phillips was. Mm. So I think he might be a bit nearer. Mate, they've been back on the grass for months. Yeah, and also, it, you don't need to be as fit to play centre-back as you do to play centre-mid. Yeah. And and also, Robin Cock will be on the bench. Yeah. The, there is another defensive option. Mm. Um, and the, Cresswell probably will as well. Ooh. I don't know. Well, I suppose I suppose you count Cock as one of the midfield options, wouldn't you? So yeah, I mean, especially seeing as Lewis, the way Lewis Bate went off, he seemed like he's probably not going to be available for this one. So yeah, I could see it being that Cooper comes onto the bench for Bate, and he just because it doesn't really matter that it's not midfield because who, who's it'd be Jack Jenkins otherwise. You know, okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's still knocking around somewhere. Probably, well, with a broken, probably with a broken leg. Well, you know, it is St. Patrick's Day. You know, but we're asking who's the best Irish... Who's your favourite Irish player that we've ever had? Union. Was it Union okay that had the humanist wedding? Yes. Okay. I want it like the first one in legally recognised one in the UK because it was his missus that was driving the campaign. Yeah. Yeah. That's just... One of those biggest achievement, just... he, biggest <laughs> achievement at the club. Bless him. Yeah. So, what, what are you going to go for? Um, the, the most optimistic I can be for this is I think we get a one-all draw. And back to it. What last week? Lose two 0 I, I served as well last season. Let, let's yeah, served as well Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I'm back on the uh, predicting defeats. For the foreseeable, um, just ho- hopefully we can get a result. If we can get anything, anything we're getting, this one's a bonus. Uh, yeah, Everton Newcastle still nil nil. That's literally what I was checking just then. Well, you know, it's ne- it's very much necessary to check. I'm just uh, having a glance at the fixtures coming up. Villa Arsenal don't affect us. Brentford. <laughs> I mean, Brentford are away at Leicester. They could still technically get sucked into it, but I think we'll probably be all right. And that's that is it. Yeah. Then until that, because yeah, that's the weird thing that there's no Burnley game for ages, so they're going to still they're going to keep all the games in hand. Yeah, I, I am of the opinion at this point that with the amount of games in hand that need to be crammed in. 
I think it could be a struggle for for those teams who, who need to get those games played because you're going to get to a point where it's like football manager and you play two games every three days or whatever it is. And yeah. When you get far in everything and then suddenly, because everything's messed up at that point, you get to the Champions League final and all your squads away on international duty. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's not obviously that's never happened to me, and I'm not at all sore about it, even though it was just in a computer game. No, yeah, that's fine. We we all understand. We've all been there. Yeah. Well, that'll do us. I reckon. Just I'll go. It's time to get away. I will keep half an eye on the cast match, which is technically what I should be caring about more, but I don't. Uh, I'm just going to go and massively cheer on Newcastle. Yep. Cool. Well, I've been Jack. See you. I'll be Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.